Presenting Canary PI in The Disorder in the Order, a J. Henry production. When you need to move liquid from A to B, count on Beckett's Buckets, the no-nonsense bucket, by Beckett, now with ergonomic grip. December 24th, gunshot, administrator's office. That bum rushed the door, gun drawn, eyes down the sights. There sat the head of men, bound and gagged to his throne-like office chair. Dead. No gunshot wound. No sign of struggle. How? Why? More importantly, who? Who done it? This all started when I was sitting in my office, lost deep in thought. Christmas time. Used to be my favorite, eh, but you grow up. You put away childish things to be replaced by bills, relationships, sniffing out your piece of the cheese in the rat race. When you're young, you're easy to please. A catcher's mitt and a red rider and you are set for the year. As you grow older, your needs grow broader. And I'm fulfilled. It's no surprise a man can get jaded in this world. The best I can hope for now is a hot meal and a fine bottle of art and spirits to buy between cases. Which isn't often, by the way. Holly Jolly Canary, what do you got? I miss Florence Emerson from the old orphanage here to see ya. As opposed to the new one? Alright, send her in. Only one damn orphanage in the entire city. Neighboring states even send their hard luck cases here. Don't know what to do with them. The dog cracked like the reins from old Satan Nick's sleigh. In walks a woman, donned in a matronly garb with an almost nun like cap bobby pinned to her head. Very dramatic. Mr. Canary, your reputation precedes you. It's nice to meet you. Take a seat and tell me what vexes you. And what reputation is that, pray tell? That you specialize in cases on the peculiar side? It's just what comes to me. I'm like bread to these quacks. What can I do for you? One of the munchkins pull off the penny candy heist of the century? Yes, we do have some troubled youths, but on the whole, they're wonderful little people. I appreciate your levity, but it's more serious than that. Something is very wrong at the orphanage. I'm the head caretaker of the children. I'm also going over the administrator by coming to you. He's the big boss. The children must come first. He's in denial. What kind of problem are we looking at here? The kids. They talk of cloaked figures walking through the halls at night. They say they have no face. Now I know kids and their overactive imaginations. They sneak a candy bar at bedtime and they're tossing and turning all night having nightmares. But I saw one. Describe what you saw. I sleep on the floor above. I heard a commotion and I ran down. It was standing in one of the doorways, looking in on the sleeping children. Its head almost touching the top of the jam. Its back was facing me. I called out, get away from the children. It turned to me. A black void where its face should have been. It stared right through me. I was stuck in my tracks, couldn't move. It slowly shook its head and walked down the hall into the darkness. I ran in to check the children. A few woke up and were hysterical, but all accounted for, none hurt. I grabbed an oil lamp and I ran down the hall. Nothing. I checked each room, which houses about 20 children per. There was no sign of anything. I called the cops, but they just said I was dreaming. Was no dream, Mr. Canary. If anything, it was a nightmare. After seeing with my own eyes, 
I started taking a little more stock into what the children were saying. Sounds like you need a priest more than a private investigator. Mr. Canary, please, if there's some crazed occultist group waiting for a full moon to snatch a kid up and sacrifice him, we have to do something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If I take this case, you let me decide who's an occultist or not. Who's gonna foot the bill? Oh, you leave the administrator to me. He'll go to any lengths to prove all is well at the orphanage. Wouldn't want to reduce his funding from the state. I think most of all he gets a special kind of pleasure proving me wrong. I know what I saw. I don't drink or smoke grass like some beatnik. I'm boring. <laughs> My life is taking care of those kids. Alright, I guess you got yourself a P.I. Take this invoice and have my secretary fill out the rest. I'll be there at 9 a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, I know where you are. Been there damn 100 years. Very good, Mr. Canary. Me and the children, thank you. Rogue creatures in the night. Halloween was two months ago. More than likely, this is some open and shut prank. Two kids standing on each other's shoulders like some kind of our gang skit. Maybe some creep on staff took one too many split balls behind the ear and is getting his revenge playing the bogeyman. I guess we'll find out one way or another. I arrived at 8.45, leaning against my car, I let the second cigarette out of the morning. The air and the death rolls will fall. The wind is just starting to sting when it picks up. Kinda like it. A rectangular drab building jutted into the sky. Could use a coat of paint, but looks structurally sound. A grizzled man with a wooden rake missing teeth. Past his prime, not like the groundskeeper himself. As I passed him, he started his diatribe. Say, hey, you in the suit. You with the state. Tell him if they cut the budget one more time, I'll be raking with my bare hands. Jumping Jehoshaphat. The things I gotta do around here with no resources. And stay off the flower beds. I just planted daffodil bulbs for next spring. I'll be surprised if any come up, half of them are dry as bone, I tell ya. Checking to see what the commotion was, Florence stepped out of the building to greet me. Oh, don't mind him. His bark is worse than his bite. Isn't that right, Elma? Why are you order? Come with me, Mr. Canary. I'm afraid there was another sighting last night. One of the boys had an altercation. Quickly now. We walked into the building. The old wooden floors were scuffed and worn, but clean with a mirror shine. Good job, Elmer. Bring me the boy. Time is of the essence for questioning. Willie's right over there. He's loving the attention today. And I would've got him too if they only let me have my switch back. Old Fergie keeps it on the top shelf with his books. Hey, I'm almost 13. I need a knife for protection, you know what I, I mean? I tapped him on the shoulder and he turned around wide-eyed. Say, are you a cop? I've been to every juvie center in a three-state radius. Do your waste. What's a kid need protection from? Homework and a hot bath? Haven't you heard? We got ghost geezer. That's what I'm here to talk to you about. What happened last night, Junior? See, I was fast asleep when I woke up to Susie from across the hall crying. I went to see what the hubbub was. This kid's gotta stick together in here. This big creep with a hood standing in a doorway. Not the first time I've seen him, too. I ain't scared. I jumped right on his back and we had a tussle. Took off down the hall after I was done with him. Line up! A stocky fellow with wide shoulders and a pot belly stood at the end of the hallway. Donned in a fancy pinstripe suit, he chomped on an unlit cigar. He held out a yardstick in one hand, tapping his other open palm. The children quickly lined up in the long hall, quickly tucking in shirts and spit-shining their hair into place. Florence pulled me to the side. He slowly walked up and down, inspecting the kids. Hands out! They held out their flattened hands, palm side down. With a crack of the ruler, he struck one of the kids square on the knuckles. Clean under your nails. The rest of you, you're passable. You can do better. 
get your books and get ready for your studies. Hey, why don't you take it easy? They're just kids. They need discipline and structure. That's how you turn them into respectable adults. Discipline. And who might you be, sir? And why are you in my institution? The name's Canary. Here you got a rat problem. Think I see one now. He's a PI. I hired him on behalf of the orphanage. He turned his head and leered at me. Oh, I see. I'll see you and Ms. Emerson in my office. Now. His office was on the west front corner of the building. Walked past it coming in. Emler was standing in the entrance with a bag of leaves and a burlap sack. Good morning, Mr. Pennypacker. Another suit, Mr. Pennypacker. Looks expensive, Mr. Pennypacker. When am I gonna get some new tools? This rake is damn near worn to a nub. And you're doing a fine job with what you have. The garbage cans in the kitchen are overflowing. Get to it. Oh, I, I oughta. We walk into his office. A large, dark wood desk on a platform with chairs that were short to the ground in front of it. There was a crowded bookcase, knife just where Willie said, next to a wind-up set of teeth that chatter. The walls were wallpapered in a floral design. He flicked his large table lighter and lit his cigar. I reached for my pack and he barked at me. No smoking. Sit down. He loomed over us. Felt like I was back at grade school in the principal's office. Yes, I heard rumblings about cloaked figures. These youths have a very active imagination. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm all about transparency. I'll give you 24 hours pay to look around and satisfy everyone's curiosity. And then we'll put this hysteria to rest. I will not burden your budget any more than that. He tapped a thick book that was in front of him. A woman in whites and a crooked chef's hat burst into the office carrying a crate of produce. You've gone and done it now. You expect me to feed this to the kids? This shipment of turnips is half rotten. Look. She threw the black-spotted root vegetable on his desk. A maggot wriggled out, which she quickly stabbed with an Aiden chef knife right into the desk, obliterating the insect. My desk! Get out of here, Maggie! Cut around it and make do! What are you gonna do? Let them starve? We have to make the most out of the budget. Get Elmer in here to fix this. You've sunk to a new low on this one. You're absolutely lucky that I'm a genius with a fry pan. You keep that turnip. Snack for later. Fergus picked up the spoiled root vegetable with two fingers and threw it into his trash can. The cook retrieved her knife from the gouged wood and she was off in a hurry. Go. Do your busy work now, Canary. Clock is ticking. And you, Miss Emerson, this money could have gone to the kids. It is, you turnip head. We have to make sure they're safe. If one of those kids gets snatched, they'll shut us down. Then we'll be out on the street and you'll have no budget to preen over. Mr. Canary's investigation will assure everything is safe and sound. Now both of you, get out of my office. We walked out and I turned to Florence. Is his last name really Pennypacker? It's Perry Packer. It's a little nickname Elma has for him. Really racism. <laughs> Good one, El. Florence went over to the kid who was whacked on the hand earlier, still milling about the hallway. Go to the nurse's office and have him take a look at this. You'll be fine. Is the nurse as colorful as everyone else around here? Yeah, let's have a word with him. You'll have to see for yourself. I have to get my teaching supplies together for class. Just follow Dilbert. We walked into the small office, walls painted baby blue. A small desk with an eyepatch man sat behind it. What's the problem? Fergus was swinging for the fences on this kid. Ah, that bastard. Let me see. No, no sweat. It's not that bad. Let me get the iodine. He was gentle and warned him it'll only hurt for a moment. 
He then gave him a hard candy. Uh, anyway, now, get to class. Healing was name resident soothsayer. Never seen you before, who might you be? Canary P.I. I'm here investigating the night stalkings. Would you happen to know anything about that? Who, me? No. Just the gossip. Usually pay no mind. What's the deal with this Fergus guy? I mean, buzz it, eh? Fergus was always a bully in town. Always a bastard. In college, I was seeing this lady. She was different. Soulmate territory. He swooped in with his hot rod and fancy duds. Everyone knew he was too old and didn't really care for her. Threw her away when some chippy came along. Their breakup was so bad, she moved to the other side of the country. Never saw her again. Still think about her from time to time. No idea what he's doing in this line of work. Should've been a banker. Budget this, budget that. Never about the well-being of the children. Someone with his connections. Wonder why he doesn't just move on. I walked into the hallway. Something didn't quite feel right. A stillness. Like the eye of a storm. I walked up and down the harrowing corridor. All the doors opened to each room. Not a sound or a person in sight. Double back to the admin's office. Empty. From behind, a black shroud envelops my head like an executioner's hood. A rope at the bottom tightens. My breath labors. Is this how I go? The world goes even blacker than the inside of the hood. And I was out. Now why'd you go ahead and do something stupid like that? Everything was under control. He would've found out. He would've. One flick of that sconce in the hall, and the jig is up. Listen, we're reasonable. Let's figure this out. This is one hell of a pickle you've gotten us into, Maggie. We're gonna have to move forward quicker than planned. Get the altar set. Start the elixir. I can feel my empty shoulder hosta at my side. Altar? Elixir of what? Eh, better me than some kid. I'm ready to go if it comes to it. Fergus taken care of. Stuff like a Thanksgiving turkey. He won't be a problem anymore. Hey, you guys better shut up. I think he's coming too. Damn you, Maggie. Get the hook. No, the big one. Places, everyone. It's time. The hood was pulled off me in one violent jerk. A bucket of ice water was thrown on my face that chilled me to my already frigid core. Was that necessary? Mr. Canary. A pleasure. Posed with their fisted hands crossed over their chest. They stood around me wearing thick robes that hung to the floor. Cows pulled down, revealing their faces. <sighs> what, what is this place? Why have you abducted me? Untie me now! Don't speak. Just listen. Our organization has been watching you for a long time, Mr. Canary. We have something to say to you about your wayward ways. How you step outside the laws of man, just a little, to close a case. We like how you handle yourself. Our organization values are not unlike yours. Fergus lost his way. Maybe never reached the proper tiers of enlightenment in the first place. This marks a new chapter for us. With Elmer moving up ranks to Grand Marshal, our scales are balanced once more. Didn't expect the groundskeep to be second in command in a secret society, did you, Miss Canary? Well... Second in command no more. I see that look on your face. We're not what you think we are. We're not ghouls. We're here to protect those children. Protect the unfortunate. Our creed forbids us from collecting too much wealth when there are those in need. We care for each other in this cold, unrelenting world. A bowl of soup for a homeless person. Sitting with a stressed out single mother who just needs someone to talk to. Burying the dead with dignity. Giving the orphans a proper education and a real childhood. We do not start wars. 
We do not let greed overtake us, or let lust dictate our motives. We are the Order. The Order. The Order. The Order. The, the order. order. Now you may speak, Canary. I... I don't know what to say, really. I always had a feeling there were people like you out there. I've seen some strange things in my time. Not otherworldly, but of man. Will you join us? I can't. This is too big for me. Couldn't even handle being on the force. I'm a lone wolf. Easier that way. Our tendrils reach further and root deeper than any police department. There are more among you than you realize. But very well, Mr. Canary. If you change your mind, come find us. And how will I find you? Look to the north, Canary. The north. <laughs> I looked over to the small bubbling cauldron on the table. Maggie was ladling some into a crude wooden goblet. Just what is that stuff? It's party punch. The secret ingredient is gin. You'll be needing this back now. She held out my gun by the barrel and I took it in my hand, still loaded. I heard a bang from the floor above. It was a gunshot. That's your cue, Canary. Elmer went over to a bookcase in that dimly lit room. With his pointer finger, he went up and down the line, pivoting a specific book out. The dungeon-like stone wall started vibrating and shifted, revealing a serpentine-like staircase that twisted upward. I ran up the stone stairs, bracing myself on the mildew-moist walls. At the top was a heavy wood door. Operating the metal clasp, I pushed it with all my might and it began to swing open. I was back on the ground floor of the orphanage. I stepped into a long corridor lined with the dorms where the children slept. The door closed by itself behind me, completely silent. A bookcase camouflaging it on the opposite side. With my gun pointed down, I sprang down the shiny floored hallway. Some of the kids were standing in their doorways. I told them not to worry and to go back to sleep. I bum-rushed the door. Gun drawn. Eyes down the sights. There sat the head of Min, bound and gagged in his throne-like office chair. Dead. No gunshot wound. No sign of struggle. His window was open, the sting of the wind filling the room in waves. Snow was accumulating on the windowsill. Police sirens wailing in the distance, coming closer. Willie's switchblade was missing from the top shelf along with the confiscated toy. On his desk laid a pistol, still smoking. I checked his pulse. It was weak, but it was still there. This man wasn't dead after all. His pulse was gaining steam until it was racing. He opened his eyes and thrashed in his chair. I undid the strap holding the rag in his mouth. As I unraveled it, it spelled out, Barbarity. Lock me up. Take me away. You don't know what they're capable of. It's all in the book. Look for yourself. That'll be enough to put me away. Please. On his desk lay an accounting book with a long strip of cloth sandwiched within. I opened it to the bookmark pages. Across the fabric, it read, Avarice. It was clear as day. He was funneling money away from the orphanage into private bank accounts. Despicable. The boys in blue charged in. I held up my PI badge and I showed them the evidence of Fergus's wrongdoing. Made no mention of any death cults, just that I found them this way. The children were lined up in the hallway as they took the cuffed administrator out of the building. This is the last time we line up for you, Giza. They all laughed and cheered in jubilation. They put Fergus in the back of the paddy wagon and they took off. Willie, give me the knife. 
You can have it back when you're 16. Ha, shucks. Florence emerged in her civilian garb, carrying a rusty hook in one hand and a hammer in another. She briskly walked past everyone to the entrance of the building. With two cracks of the hammer, she affixed the hook to the pitted wood of the front door. Elmer emerged from around front with a giant pine wreath which he hung on it. They both smiled at the handiwork. Things are gonna change around here now. December 25th, afternoon. Doing some paperwork. Tying up some loose ends before the new year. Got word that Santa Claus visited the orphanage this year. Presents. Roast goose with the mashed potatoes. Spiced sweet cakes, hot cocoa, ribbon candy of all shapes and colors. I'm sure those kids are happy living the life of Riley for once. The canary. Oh, Preston, oh, what are you doing at work on a day like today? Come over for dinner. I made figgy pudding. Your father. Oh, let me tell you, got the worst case of Samvada stance I have ever seen. He won't stop. All right, Ma, I'm leaving now. I'll be there in an hour. Oh, I'll keep a hot toddy warm for you. On my way out, I grabbed the fine bottle of gin that was left on my desk by an anonymous party. Wrapped in a bow and all. Look to the north, huh? North to the funny farm. Voice acted by, in order of appearance, J. Henry as Canary P.I. Rebecca H. as Florence the Caretaker. Julian Gilas as Elmer the Groundskeeper. Rebecca H. as Willie the Troubled Youth. Frank Guglielmelli as Fergus the Administrator. Alex Tong as Chef Maggie. Jackson Tyler Lee as Dr. Hugh. Jenny Dyer as Canary's Mother. Written, directed, and edited by J. Henry. Music by Pedro Sparza, Kevin McLeod, and Vivek Abishek. Further information in details below. For information on collaborating, contributions, or just want to keep up on the current scoop, Follow us at twitter.com forward slash rpcanarypi. This concludes the broadcast.